opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, the station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Good to be with you today. Making sure that we are not getting feedback on the system. Glad to be with you on this Monday edition of Lifeline. The time is 5.05 on this Monday, September 16th, twenty. 23. For those of you who are part of our long-standing program, Monday after Monday after Monday, the number is one 367 one If we uh, seem problems on your end out there, please uh, let us know, one 367 one Glad to have you on this Monday. Uh, another gorgeous day, we might say. Um, we often have the the blessed benefit of God smiling on us on these uh, days headed towards our our fall months. September can get a little bit nippy, and October as well. But a lot of times we'll get a September that is fabulously gorgeous with great weather all day long, and then October as well. And sometimes it'll push into November. You guys know that. And then uh, what we'll get is kind of a fog in the morning. A, uh, a a a kind of a chill in the morning, then a great day, and then in the evening it starts to cool down, and we kind of know that officially um, the fall season has occurred. It hasn't happened as of yet, and so I'm happy about that. I hope you are as well. Uh, my name is Jesse Gistan. If you are listening for the first time, we are glad to have you on Lifeline with us from Tuesday through Friday. The Attila Dehan is governed by the helm of this program is monitored, controlled, and um, occupied by the inimitable Craig Roberts. And uh, so I'm sure there are many things you wouldn't want to listen to in terms of the programming that he brings forth. But we're glad that you are starting off launching your week with us on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan, pastor of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Very simple name, um, Grace Bible Church in Hayward. And you can listen to me on Mondays through Fridays at 12 noon. We serve up lunch on this particular uh, program, a very spicy salsa, um, fulfilling Christ-exalting, God-glorifying, biblically challenging exegesis of the scriptures. And uh, we, we want to give you something to think about, something to keep you full for the rest of the day. And on the Monday edition of do it. I, I address the real salient topical issues that are going on in our world and uh, to try to keep you awake because as I have taught for so many years, the role of the church is prophetic. It cannot possibly do the culture any good if it doesn't address the moral, ethical, and spiritual implications of all of the practices and policies in our society. So it is incumbent upon me when I uh, speak to thousands upon thousands as you are right now on this program that is able to reach far and wide beyond what we can imagine. One of the uh, largest radio stations in California uh, and part of a, a, a broader 
uh, conglomerate, un, conglomerate of radio stations under Salem Broadcasting. Glad about that, too. A conservative ministry seeking to spread the message of redemption in Jesus Christ and to set forth a biblical worldview to help recover the chaos and disarray and absolutely uh, dismal condition that our society is in. There I go with my prophetic implications, and I am not done at all. Um, the goal of the Word of God being set forth in the public marketplace called broadcasting, that's what it means to cast the seed. This is what our master said in the parable of the sower and the seed. The sower went forth to sow. And that's what real faithful preaching and proclamation is designed to do. It's not designed to cudgel you to sleep. It's not designed to distract you from reality. It's not designed to give you a false hope, a panacea of something that does not correspond with reality. You can get that from all of your postmodern secularists across every spectrum of society's institutions and media outlets today. You can get 24-hour presentations of things that don't correspond with reality and are not only non-biblical, ladies and gentlemen, they are anti-biblical. You can get that anywhere, I promise you. You can even get it in the church. The role of the church is to be prophetic. It is to say, thus saith the Lord, and the role of the church is to be priestly. It is to call to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, the one means by which God the Father has established a mechanism for reconciliation to fallen humanity. And boy, have we fallen in our nation today. What a national scandal we have encountered as a nation in the year 2023. What a fiasco of dysfunctional governance. What a circus. Uh, if it wasn't so tragically true, this would all be a circus. A sitting president who will be famous for being the most criminal family ring in our government's history when the smoke clears and the real court hearings occur and his present investigation for impeachment launches off. If all of the data that is presently gathered and uh, uh, presented uh, publicly, you will come to see why so many people bailed out on, uh, on President Biden when he thought he could arm uh, strong arm men and women into being quiet about his fiascos throughout his uh, vice presidency under Obama. That's another story. But his occupancy as a senator uh, for so many decades now, about 40 years to almost 50 years to be exact, and just engaged in some of the most abominable financial uh, uh, criminal behaviors, money laundering, uh, offshore banking accounts. I mean, all of the stuff that you get with with <laughs> with mafia groups and 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 big money. The 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 Bidens are all involved in that. And how on earth would he ever think that every aspect of the media, every aspect of your institutions that are designed to protect our country would totally, uh, totally shut down and say nothing? Uh, this is the problem with evil, ladies and gentlemen. Evil actually thinks it's sovereign enough to do evil and get away with it. 
um, while the previous president, that is Donald Trump, who is arguably the most controversial person on the planet, if you if you agree with me, say amen. With the, with the highest president support of any president in the history, I mean, I think these stats are, are the fact he was popular, he was controversial, uh, Donald Trump, and he still holds significant popularity. I don't care what you say. A president will be a weather bane for society because the Bible tells us if the rulers be righteous, then the people will rejoice. If the rulers be wicked, then the people will mourn. And we're dealing with a strange phenomena, are we not? On the one hand, you have the loony left in our political system that are largely democratic but not exclusively, wanting to put uh, President Trump under the jailhouse for 150 years for something that is so scantily uh, probable, and that is insurrection, uh, that it, it, it really is, it belies us to ask the question, what are they trying to distract us from? Why are they so afraid of another Donald Trump win? You have to ask that question. I'm quite frankly, I'm I'm very thankful that more African Americans are waking up to the reality that our judicial system, the DOJ, can indeed collaborate with the administration to treat uh, previous presidents as if they were African Americans. Many African Americans have suffered at the hands of corrupt, bankrupt. Uh, judicial systems. There is no doubt about that. That's part of the force of the lie that prevails today around um, institutional racism. A portion of that argument is valid, no doubt. And uh, and and Donald Trump is recognizing what a rogue uh, government, what a rogue DOJ, what a rogue FBI, what a rogue CIA can do when it is captivated by other interests, other powers. And uh, we uh, w- listen, can you imagine us waking up one day in the near future and Donald Trump is under the jail as uh, as a previous president and our present president, uh, Biden, Joe Biden, is in jail for criminal behavior that the IRS, the FBI, the CIA and other whistleblowers are willing and intent on sitting before Congress and testifying as they already have of his behavior can you can you imagine what our world would look like and and listen don't don't you know don't come with the idea you know this is embarrassing to to us and concerning all the other nations of the world you know what we are in such bad shape today in terms of our political system and many other systems i'm going to be talking about this next uh pseudo alarm for a so-called emergence of the virus a new variant i'm going to be talking about that i'm going to be telling you don't buy the lie again we'll do that after the break but can you imagine what it would look like if we looked up in 2024 and um neither president trump nor president biden is available because they're both behind bars I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. What do you think about that? One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Before I go to break, let me quote a portion of scripture. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. 
But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. How is the faithful city become a harlot? It was full of judgment, righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. This was Isaiah's word to his people in his day, and this is the word of the Lord to our country today as well. You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline, your host, Jesse Gistan. The number is one 888 A lot to talk about. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, we are. The time is 521 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. 521 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. The number to reach me is one 329 one Before we go to the phone lines, I do want to add um, apparently instructions have been given from the gatekeepers above uh, those who are who are controlling if you will and seeking to establish the global agenda as we read in revelation 17 14 a double down what do you mean by that pj they are telling all of the globalist leaders including your president and many others who are buying into what you just heard on the commercial, I told you about this over a year ago, the central banking digital credit system. People don't want to believe the Bible is accurate. When the Bible lays out historical, what we call meta-narratives, larger paradigmatic uh, analogies rooted in historical events, such as Revelation chapter 13, verse 16 through 18, and when it speaks concerning and those who, who, who do not receive the mark of the beast or the number or his name, we will be killed. Uh, so many people have argued about the interpretation of that text. What's more important is the application of it. And the application is always that a government will seek to have absolute total domination over its people, over its lives, over its soul. And that is, it will seek to bring them into a slavish, deity worship of the government. That's what Revelation chapter 13 is teaching. And this has been the case with governments from the first century to the present hour, when human beings do not bow down to the state, do not bow down to the ruler, do not bow down to the monarch, then they become a threat. When they do bow down, then they are seen to be the slaves who receive the number seen the mark. And the number, name, and mark, ladies and gentlemen, is nothing but an Old Testament sort of counterpart to the uh, to the Exodus event. In Exodus chapter 13, you can go there in Exodus 13, where the children of Israel uh, left um, Egypt under a Passover event. God told Israel to cause the children to remember this great day by writing the event in Torah, in Mishpat, and put it on frontlets in their forehead. That's a mark on the forehead and on their wrist, on their wrist as a reminder that they are slaves of Jehovah, redeemed from Egypt, brought out of bondage, destined for liberty and freedom. And this would be true for all of us that are in Christ. We are spiritual slaves of the Father through the Son, who is the impeccable slave of Yahweh. He is he is Yahweh's ultimate Ebed Malak. He is the slave of the true and the living God. He is the servant of Yahweh for our salvation, our mediator and high priest. But we also are his. 
listen, every one of us are a slave. You are either a slave to the systems of this world, which are constantly seeking to control you, control all that you have, take what is rightfully yours and bring you into slavish control of their systems. That's what's going on right now in our country with the increased taxation, increased uh, inflation, increased controls, increased domination of our, can you imagine that? A central banking digital credit system in order for you and I to get accustomed to never having our hands on our own rightful income whatsoever. I'm going to be talking about that more here in a moment as I uh, repeat that they are calling for a doubling down, doubling down. Can you imagine them controlling all your money? Um, Because they are trying to control the narrative. This is part of the propaganda of, of, of PSYOP to change people's minds, to destroy and uproot reality so that you only see the world in light of the propaganda of your legacy media outlet. And I've told you about that for years now. Do not believe the lie. It was very well stated by Malcolm X. There's a time coming and is, he even said it in the day, when the media will make you believe that the lie is the truth and the truth is a lie that the person that is speaking truth is actually speaking lies, and the person that's speaking lies is actually speaking truth. This is the unreal that's going on in the deconstruction of the minds of human beings right now, the unreeling, the unreeling that you and I are dealing with every day at the ground level with the internal takeover of the LGBTQ or what is called the mafia uh, uh, alphabet mafia seeking to dominate our world from the children up. So from the children up, they are seeking to enslave them psychologically, morally, and ethically. And from the governments down, they are seeking to enslave us monetarily, narratively, narratively, and media-wise so that they can actually bring us into what I've warned you about, the massive global biosecurity state bondage. This is where we're heading. And, and you know what I know? This is what I know. I know that 80% of people that are listening to me are very much um, leaning, dispositionally given to hearing what I'm saying. It wasn't that case. It wasn't the case about two years ago, or even three. When COVID hit, it knocked so many people down, brought them into bondage through fear to believe the lie. COVID was nothing but a cover for control. And many of the institutions now are controlled by the gatekeepers of money whose agenda is to destroy national sovereignty, to turn us all into a global system. And what are they doing today? Doubling down, doubling down, doubling down. And telling leaders such as in our school systems, in our government, in all of our government jobs, and the schools are part of the government. I'm sorry, if you don't know that, you need to wake up. Telling them to double down. Stay the course. What is that course, PJ? Lie. Keep lying. Keep lying. Lie even when you get caught. Even when you get caught telling people to wear a mask because it saves lives, and when they see that you don't wear the mask, Nancy Pelosi, Diane Feinstein, Gavin Newsom, Anthony hypocritical actors still turn around and say, you need to wear a mask. Lie about the safety and effectiveness of the gene therapy jabs. Even when all the evidence to the tunes of thousands of peer-reviewed paper across a whole litany of professionals around the world say absolute to the contrary, that there's harm and harm and more harm being done 
as a consequence of these jabs. Lie about the benefits of the mask. They, too, do not work, and you need to know that. Not only do they not work, they will harm you. You cannot continue breathing your own unfiltered air into your body without it becoming harmful to you. Lie about the virus being more dangerous than the jab. Therefore, take the jab. I was just reading about statistics concerning colleges. 18% of colleges today, college campuses around America, are demanding that the kids continue to take jabs, notwithstanding the facts that last year and the year before, the jabs did not work. They don't work. They don't stop the, uh, the uh, infection. They don't stop the transmission. They don't stop you suffering. And so why take a jab if it doesn't work? This is all about uprooting you from reality, bringing you into a slavish condition, stripping you of your sovereignty, telling you that you are not thinking right. When your limbic system is telling you something is wrong, they're telling you not to believe in yourself, but to believe in them, notwithstanding all of the lies that are going on. And I'm thinking about, you know, these crazy, because I've had so many I have so many articles that I could share with you along these lines where, the um, again, the institutions are just following in lockstep with so much anti-science um, um, policy. I'm thinking, what is this all about? What is this all about? It's about training, you guys. It's about training men and women to do that which is anti-scientific simply because the government says so. Now, you guys have heard about environmental uh, social governance, right, ESG, right, the environmental social governance scores. That, that is a new system being implemented, forced it upon institutions, saying if you don't comply with our policies, we will rate you uh, low in terms of your um, of your governmental compliance in terms of your social health. That's the way they're putting it now. And the non-compliance status can be anything from financial institutions being punished, financial institutions not being able to get grants, not able to be get not able to get loans and what have you. You and I are headed towards a total regulatory capture, no doubt about it. And 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 this is just this is something that you've been told about. And now you're getting it firsthand, even from yours truly, about the whole idea of being brought into slavish bondage. This is certainly 1984. This is certainly um, a brave new world. This is certainly the dystopian dismantling of an organized society from the top down and men and women being made to do things that they know are not right. This is I mean, you even got Fauci back out there saying the exact same things he said before, although he has been fully discredited on so many levels for what he has done, and yet he's putting it out there. Only reason I, I can see that that's being engaged in in terms of a sort of policy strategy is to separate the wheat from the chaff to see whether or not he could, they can continue to get a constituency of Americans to buy into the lie, even though the lie is blatantly exposed already. My question is, are you buying the lie? Are you continuing to walk in fear? Are you contradicting your own limbic system? Are you trusting someone else over the rationale of your own mind? Are you walking in cognitive dissonance? Or are you finally swallowing the red pill and recognizing that your government does indeed lie to you and institutions have greater agendas than your own welfare. 
This is the Monday edition of Lifeline, your host, Jesse Giston. Got to take another break. I think I got two lines open, one 888 So much more to talk about. See, we've been gone for a while, and we can talk about a lot of issues on this Monday edition, and we will do that after this short break. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, welcome to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open, one 888 September 18th, 2023. I've just shared with you some of the basic challenges that we're dealing with. I mean, it's dystopian. It is Huxley. It is a brave new world. It is, take this pill, be ignorant, be careless, and be happy. Take this other pill and wake up. Take the red pill, this is uh, the matrix, and wake up to the reality that you are in a simulated story, a controlled narrative, a, 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 a massive conglomeration and, and system of cooperative, uh, conjunctive systems, entities. Uh, uh, Mr. Malone calls this the uh, fifth generation warfare. It is hyper-psychological, there's no doubt about it. We have the tech, artificial intelligence will really, if it's not already happening, I'm sure somebody deeply in the tech world can can let us know. one 888 In fact, I was listening to some tech guys talking about AI a few days ago and how it played a major role in determining how people would vote in the Biden election and how it was able to be used by Google to sway something like 30% of Americans to, to vote Democrat. Um, that is controlling the narrative. That is controlling the voting outcome. That is illegal. This is also what the Biden administration under uh, under um, the Missouri versus Biden Act is doing right now. This is what they're struggling with in the courts today. See, when someone is controlling the narrative, that means they don't want you to know the truth. When someone's controlling the narrative, that means they are intentionally seeking to manipulate and lie to you because they do not have your best interest in view. When someone is controlling the narrative, they know they are engaging in culpable activity that might rise to the level of criminal enforcement or criminal liability and therefore enforcement. I believe that's what we're dealing with with our present government. But for them to be doubling down, as I stated, double down is adding insult to injury. That is to say, when a person doubles down, and kids will do this, uh, if you've ever watched 48 Hours, and I'm sure some of you have, people who have committed crimes will be caught on camera committing crimes. You know this. And the camera will have caught them point blank in full range with great clarity having committed that crime. And once you accost them and bring them into, uh, into investigation, interrogation, guess what they'll do? They'll lie vehemently denying any such thing. They will even say what you see on the camera cannot be true. I want my lawyer. What is that other than a kind of psycho sociopathic response to reality because they want to challenge your sense of self-awareness, your sense of self-gravity, your sense of self-objectivity. And so when your government engages in this kind of double downing, and I mean this is going on around the world, 
This is going on around the world. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's begin begin another fear-mongering program in order to see if we can get more people to capitulate. And do it in the schools because your schools are your Maoist concentration camps here in the 21st century. We are educating our kids for hell today. There is no doubt about that. And I wonder whether or not you care. I can tell you, as I told my congregation yesterday, if we continue on the present trajectory of our children being taught nothing but absolute psychobabble, reverse psychology, anti-racist, hateful, um, pseudo-social justice, um, uh, postmodern irrationality, so that they are completely amiss when it comes to logic, evidence-based science, the capacity for critical thinking, analyzing, deconstructing, and drawing solutions based upon sound epistemological principles of being able to know what really is going on. You lose a generation to that kind of uh, nonsense. It's called brainwashing. Um, they will do what the government says. And when the government tells them to turn on you, as is the case happening with parents and children today, and you know that, the CPS is being weaponized to take children away from their parents. Your governor just signed a bill to that end. If you don't support their their flimsy emotional um, fluctuations around whether or not they are boys or girls, if you do not support these kind of um, variating what the Bible calls uh, wavering um, uh, mental states of our children, which is natural to them prior to puberty, prior to their hormonal development. If you don't support them as they're being brainwashed in the schools to to think that they are something other than their biological makeup has constituted them, um, you can uh, you can lose your children. You can be punished. You can go to jail. Don't tell me we are not in some serious trouble. You are, and you need to wake up to it. And the and the best way to deal with this kind of doubling down or this this bluffing or this foolishness that we're dealing with from our from our governors and our leaders and our congressmen um, is to just say no, just say no. Don't do it. Ye who love the Lord hate evil. That's the way to put it. Ye who love the Lord hate. It's not enough for you to know and not do something about it. If you know and you're sitting there quiet, you have complied with their own rhetoric. Silence is violence. Um, and, and the word of God obviously tells you and I that if we have seen the evil day come upon someone who is vulnerable and unable to do anything about it, and we knew about it and didn't do anything, we won't be able to stand before the angel and say, I didn't know. Why you, this is why you, you can't prolong a listening to, to a person like me because you become more culpable if you listen to a, a person like me. And if you were to even go behind what I'm saying and do the research, you would find it available to you because I can tell you what God says. If you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. If you pursue the truth, you can you can work through the mountains of arguments and the mountains of distorted information, distorted data, because God will lead you. He'll lead you into the truth. 
He'll lead you into the truth, enough truth for you to have a conviction about what's right, for you to keep the helmet of salvation on and the breastplate of righteousness across your heart and your vital spiritual organs to keep you from being wounded by the arrows of the wicked one that are seeking to delude you. I have an article. I'm going to read it when I come come back. I'll pick up uh, those who come, uh, come online, but I have an article I want to read. There is an article. A drug being readied for the avian flu uh, pandemic, which causes the side effects of believing false narratives, uh, making it perfect for social control. Now, I want to say that again before I go to break, because I know you think this is this would be an absurd, uh, irrational idea to you that there can be drugs that you can take that can be given to you unbeknownst to you that can cause you to believe false narratives that can cause you to be hyper suggestive to advice and information coming from symbolic authorities that you are now predisposed to believe because you're being conditioned psychologically rhetorically propositionally and then you're given drugs that will lean you even more deeply into compliance you may think that what I am saying is absurd. It would just show how ignorant you are of uh, the psychotropes that are already out there that open men and women up to all kinds of authorial control. The military has been dealing with this for a long time. For a long time. These are uh, biological warfare weapons of the 21st century. This is fifth generation warfare technology. You can read it for yourself. I'm not telling you anything that's not already out there. This is how you win wars without having to kill everybody and have massive collateral damage get inside their head. Well, just imagine if our government is doing that with us even right now, making you so sick that all you do is stick your arm out and take a plunge of whatever they stick inside of you. You have no idea what's going inside of you. And then all of a sudden you have no will of independence, no capacity to resist what the authorities say. Remember Jason Bourne? The Born Identity, you guys remember that. Re watch it again. Very predictable. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call triple eight four KFAX. That's eight 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 F O R K F A X. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we're back. On the Monday edition of Lifeline, the time is 5.50 in this segment. I want to read an article. I, I do. I want to make sure we get enough information out before we go to the phone lines. We do have a number of callers online. I'm looking forward to talking with you. And the number, again, for those of you who want to come call in in our second hour, one 367 I told you before the break that um, there is news out that our uh, big pharma, are developing products that can influence the way you think, make you more compliant to government narratives. Here's the way the title of the article by Lance D. Johnson um, puts it. This is a, a, a medical article. The drug being ready for the avian flu pandemic uh, causes side effects that include believing false narratives, making it perfect for social control. I do believe it. Former CDC director Robert Redfield. Now, Robert Redfield is one of the guys we told you about a year and a half ago that worked with Fauci. 
who understood the nature of gain of function and could identify the mechanism by which they could do gain of function around the SARS-2 virus. Uh, and uh, the, the furin cleavage component of that, that mechanism by which it attaches to the cell so that it can get inside the cell and, and do the effect that it's supposed to do with the spike proteins. That gain-of-function methodology uh, was exposed by Robert Redfield, tying this particular pandemic, uh, viral, worldwide, I don't know what I want to call it. I, I, it's a bioterrorism act. That's what occurred. Uh, he, he made it very clear where it came from. So our media played all kinds of game. Your government played all kinds of game. Fauci lied. People died. And here we are. Well, he's also saying that he's warning once again that within the realm of bioterrorism, uh, there will inevitably bring about a future avian flu pandemic. So keep that up. Keep that word going, avian flu. The U.S. government is already mapping out a suspicious new bird flu strain that is passing from wild birds to mammals and causing strange behaviors. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, from wild birds to mammals, the next stage is what? Everybody in the medical field know what I'm about to say is humans. This is not hard to comprehend. This doesn't take being a doctor to know the trajectory of this kind of gain of function activity. Strangely enough, a blockbuster drug is already being readied to treat this upcoming avian flu. This drug is called Perimavir, Perimavir, and goes by the trade name Rapavat. The drug company behind the treatment, BioCrist, B-I-O-C-R-Y-S-T Pharmaceuticals, has already prepared a list of common side effects for their blockbuster drug. This is wild. When you hear, hear people talking about the, the, the drugs are safe and effective, that does not mean they don't have serious side effects. Virtually all of them do. Here's what he says. These side effects include holding false beliefs that cannot be changed by fact. That is crazy. Holding false beliefs that cannot be changed by fact and seeing and hearing or feeling things that are not there. The drugs insert sheet might as well say that other side effects resemble a zombie apocalypse. And I'm not going to even read the whole article because I don't have to. You can just do the research yourself. But you ought to know people already that are predisposed to these kinds of uh, manifestations and expressions. You ought to know that. This is not far from reality. You've got all kinds of people that are bent on and ready to lean into ideas, propositions, uh, and propaganda that don't constitute truth simply because it's coming from an authority. And especially when it's a consequence of what is called the Stockholm Syndrome, being in love with the people that enslave you, control you, bind you, lock you down. I'm so very glad that the commercials recently playing on this channel is now affirming everything that I shared with you guys over the last two years. So glad. So glad Fauci is being openly exposed for his hypocrisy. So glad the masks are being exposed for their fallacy. So glad the, um, the, the jab is being exposed for its fallacy. We've got more work to do, but I'm glad it's starting to come out in the public. Upcoming influenza drug and potential psychological experiment with side effects as crazy as these, the drug company is openly admitting that their drug is a psychological experiment on the population. Well, I can tell you that's what this mRNA technology really was. It was deeply biological in its experiment. 
But there's no kind of experiment on the masses of society that doesn't have significant psychological and neurological, which is the same as psychological impact and uh, and consequences out as well. Traditionally, antiviral compounds and medicines do not cause psychological effects, let alone cause an individual to believe something. This drug has the potential to not only make you believe something, but to make you believe something that is false. This means there is more to this drug than basic antiviral compounds. Compounds. These drugs are being designed to manipulate memories and beliefs. These drugs are being designed to manipulate memories and beliefs. Did you get it? If this drug can make you believe falsehood, it must be interfering with certain proteins, enzymes, neurons, synapses to manipulate objective experience, memory, and emotion. You got to be right there. So you guys know a little bit about how the brain works. You can cut aspects of the brain off. You can short circuit synapses. You can you can you can insert uh, certain kinds of proteins and enzymes or limit them, uh, and in fact, the neurological pathways of the brains and create. Uh, uh, memories, uh, emotions, and, and memorable experiences that lead men and women to certain belief outcomes or incredulous dispositions. Psychological research like this has been going on for decades. In the early 90s, neuroscientist Todd C. Sackford and his college discovered an enzyme known as the protein kinase M-Zeta, or it's called PKM-Zeta, which was suspected at the time of playing a role in long-term memory formation and retention. The enzyme works by catalyzing a reaction that enables certain proteins to be transported to the synapses. He goes on to talk about a whole bunch more about that stuff where you geeks who can be excited about that can, can learn about this. But this is not something that is far-fetched in the uh, world of psychiatry, the world of psychology, the world of neurology, the world of uh, pharmacology, the world of, uh, of uh, bio-warfare. Uh, um, that, that, these are common things. I'd love uh, someone that is extremely skilled listening to me to call and confirm this. But you know how this goes on this show. I'll talk to you about stuff, and it'll show up six months later or a year later, and sure enough, here it is. And that doesn't make me a prophet, but I am functioning at the prophetic level of warning you, warning you and me that our government does not have us in our best interest. Franklin, it was uh, trying to, yeah. Benjamin Franklin said it very plainly after the Constitution was written up. This is a republic, ma'am, but only if you can keep it. We are far today, ladies and gentlemen, far from a republic. I'm going to start with Leslie, however, on line four, because I want to do an ad before we um, shut down. Leslie, are you there? Yes, I am, Pastor Jesse. How are you? Good, good. We had a, a great star search meeting in Livermore on Saturday. Oh, and great. I wanted to invite people to come to the next Star Search meeting. Uh, this is to encourage here. people to run for the over 175 local offices in the 2024 election. Right. Where's the next one at? Uh, it will be September 30th, Saturday, 10.30 a.m. at the Fremont mm -hmm. Public Library. Okay, okay, we'll be back at Fremont. Okay, that's great. And that's not this week. That's going to be next week let's see not this yes, coming saturday week but the following saturday, saturday. yeah the, the following yes. saturday you'll be gathering together with whomever is interested in becoming much more actively and um 
politically involved in trying to correct the waywardness of our society. I, I think that is absolutely commendable, Leslie. And, and again, um, if people wanted to uh, contact uh, you or Tom, uh, can you give us the um, can you give us the email for us to do that? Yes, it's Tom Wong USA. That's spelled T O M W O N G U S A at gmail.com. Tom Wong USA at gmail.com. That's easy to remember, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, these are just uh, concerned American citizens. Uh, they are Christians. Uh, they are my friends. We are co-laboring together to uh, do more than expose the corruption in our society because we know that we're being taken over by an ideological system that has been long existing in our country, and it's emerging now at rapid, rapid manifestation levels, and you can't just sit around. We have a political system that if we can um, if we can permeate it with good people, we can we can we can turn California back to a um, a healthy, vibrant, robust two-party system at least, and that would uh, that would be saying something. Uh, Leslie, thank you for that. That's going to be Saturday, September thirtieth at ten thirty a.m. at the Fremont Library. If you are interested, again, Tom Wong USA. Uh, dot uh, at gmail.com uh, Tom Wong USA at gmail.com that's the way to reach him I'm going to take a hard break when I come back I'll get at your phone calls one line open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine let's do it to join the conversation call triple eight four KFAX that's eight 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 FOR KFAX and now back to Lifeline Yes, and the time is 6.07 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We've got two lines open, one 367 two lines open, one 367 Let's go to um, Jermaine on line number one. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, hello. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. Thank you for your patience. I had to actually get out quite a bit of data since I haven't been on for a few weeks. I, I you know, I, I need people to know kind of some of the different uh, landscape battles that we're fighting out here, man, and, and dealing with and are being confronted by. So I had to hold people off until the second hour, but we can get at it. What's on your mind? What's on your thoughts? Right. Well, you, you uh, hit on a couple of the data points I wanted to touch on. So no, no need to be redundant, but for me, a lot of what's going on feels like we're kind of building up to some kind of climactic spiritual, I don't want to say battle, but but event culminating around these elections and all the situations we see in the world. Um, I think the best tactic I feel like I've learned is looking at this past, and, and you know, I hate to even sound like I'm partisan, you know, I'm not, but facts speak for themselves. Sure. This current administration just seems to breed wickedness. You know, from the, the, if you just look up the Secretary of Health that they expect us to call, you know, uh, Rachel, you know, you'd be horrified by the picture. And then, you know, the gender issues, the lies about COVID, the issues that, that just, I mean, they're screaming corruption and people won't cover it. I just learned that it's best to do the opposite of what a proven liar is telling you to do. And if 
concerning the former president, if that many people are that afraid of this one person, even though I don't want to be partisan, it's almost like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Absolutely. And I almost feel like I have no choice but to go and do the opposite of what they're telling me to do. So if they're saying don't look at the orange man with yellow hair because he's evil, yet you've exhibited continuous evil over a period of years, I feel like I have to kind of go that way. So no, that, that's kind right. of how I feel. No, you're right. Uh, and, you know, of course, you hear me kind of um, uh, anti um um, complicit, uh, you know, expression in my preaching. If they tell you to go left, go right. If they tell you to look up, look down. If they tell you don't do this, do that, because it is nothing but a projection on their part to keep you and I and, and, and good people who really want a, a sound, healthy, free country where we can express ourselves even with our disagreements to uh, be in captivity, captivated by a monolithic system of lies, not only a, a system of lies, as you know, Jermaine, that can be clearly uh, and explicitly exposed for what they are if we had the free market of, um, of, of exchange of ideas and legitimate debate um, uh, across many different uh, subjects in our nation that happens right now to be controlled by the legal, uh, by the uh, by the media legacy outlets and uh, and are working to 30 to 40 percent of people who are naive and maybe predisposed to just leftist ideology, which is corrupt and vile. And as you said, for a believer, which you know these days you know i put quotation marks around it because so many professing christians do not demonstrate uh neither soundness of doctrine when it constitutes the gospel nor soundness of proxies when it comes to discerning evil and uh and then being uh, virtuous enough to call evil for what it is if the churches were really men and women that were committed to the truth claims of christ i don't care how many denominations we have if they were really committed to the truth, you would have way more than enough people in America to stive, to stave off this momentum that's taking place in our society. There, there are so many churches in America, if they were really committed to true claims instead of their own personal, unique, narcissistic agendas, we could easily put it into this, but it's not so. So when oppression, when true spiritual deception, when true... Uh, economic, financial, medical, uh, and uh, institutional oppression occurs, our churches are just as silent as they were in the days prior to the Hitlerian uh, domination of, uh, of, of people in Europe uh, and, 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 our, and our Jewish constituency as well. They were just as quiet and complicit um, as our own government that did not step in early as they could have to thwart off that evil. We do not have a zeal for righteousness in our country. What we have in our country is a zeal for lies, a zeal for prevarication, a zeal for myths, a zeal for wickedness, and apparently for massive perversions all the way down to the disruption of the minds of our children and the corruption of their body parts in terms of just mangling them and 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 uh and 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 and, and destroying their capacity for a healthy life before they even reach the age of personal accountability this kind of testimony of our present state as americans is 
is dismal and alarming. The scriptures would tell you and I to be circumspect because our adversary, the devil, has already gone about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And that means that a man or a woman that's committed to truth will be a dangerous species endangered as well and we 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 need to be not fearful but careful as the people of god nevertheless bold as a lion ready to tell men and women the truth because that's what love does love speaks the truth and it lets people know you, you know we are dealing with some difficult days this is a spiritual battle jermaine there's no doubt about it this is a spiritual battle of significant proportion and we need to wake up to it I'll give you the last word if you don't have, unless you have nothing else to say. Well, I think the most egregious error is look what's going on, how many billions were sent to the Ukrainians. Allegedly, people don't seem to be receiving that, but yet uh, our American Hawaiian people lose their homes and they get a $700 check. That, so that, that's that is abominable. It is, it is abominable. Um, it is abominable. It is absolutely abominable, and this is why I believe that we're dealing with a uniparty in our government, because the Republicans could scream and shout from the housetop, no, and they can fight against the billions being lost all over Ukraine, and we don't even have to engage anyone that wants to argue with us about the goodness and rightness and you know, are the goodness and wrongness of either the Ukrainians or the Russians. That's completely beside the point here. The reality is that we should have immediately dispatched billions of dollars to our brothers and sisters in Maui. You know, full stop. No other conversation to be had. And everybody ought to be ought to be massively outraged about this kind of negligence. And uh, it's just it's insane. Listen, man. Thank you for the call. We'll we'll see. You know, we'll 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 see. Um, we'll see how God works all this out in regards to the present Biden administration that's creating so many missteps that it's just utterly remarkable. Let me see. I'm going to take a break. And then when I come back, we'll go to the phone lines and we'll pick up Elisa. We'll pick up Dan. Um, and then I think I've got two lines open, one 888 one Do not go to sleep. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, the time 619 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. One line open, one 888 One line open, one 888 It's interesting. I must assert this because it's become so clear to me over the last six months to a year. Again, the commercials that come on between uh, the... Uh, privileged time that you and I speak are commercials that are actually affirming everything I've been saying to you guys for years, but certainly as we are moving into a kind of political crescendo, you just heard cash. What does that mean? I'm not being a conspiracy theorist when I tell you that the central banking credit, uh, credit digital credit, the central banking digital credit system is already in place in America. And, and multiple states have already employed it, set it up, and structured it, something to the tune of 13 states and probably more now. California is, is going to be one of the leading ones because we are massively liberal. There's no doubt about it. And what that would mean is you need to be, be self-determining 
and self uh, self um, affirming in regard and self responsible in regards to your own finances. You you I know you want to believe that it's not going to happen. I got an email from a dear loved one recently who told me they tried to go and acquire money out of their bank and they couldn't do it. They were shocked that what I had told them several months ago was happening now. See, this here is called the, the normalcy bias, and I've talked to us about that for years on this program. The normalcy bias is that we force ourselves to think that things are better than they really are. We don't want to be responsible for self-determination and having to make necessary changes, albeit how uncomfortable they could be. But when you and I have been warned over and over and over again about facts and reality on the ground, and then you get them out of the mouth of two or three witnesses like you are starting to get on the commercials on this program, so happy about it. I'm so happy about it. I never once doubted that I was telling you guys the truth for years. It's just... It's a canary in a coal mine, no doubt about it. The only canary in there in this region telling people stuff that all of your pastors should be saying. All of them should be saying what I'm saying to you. All of them. Not some. All of them. And you should be awakened, illuminated. You should be alarmed. You should be circumspect. And you should be positioning yourself to move and act. This is of serious. Not in the too distant future when you will be able to do nothing about your money in the bank. And for those of you who have been listening to PJ for years, you you know there you won't you won't have any excuse. Line number three, mail from Vallejo. Mail, are you there? Yeah. All right, let's go to line number uh, let me see here. Line number two and talk with Elisa on line number two. Elisa, are you there? Hi, Jesse. How are you doing? Hi, what's going on? Great. What's up? Fantastic. Hey, um, I have, a, um, I, I had a correlation with the drug that's coming out that's like going to put people under a spell. Yeah. Um, I remember listening to a David Martin, um, talk. Of course. Probably about yeah. two, two years, probably a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how the cocaine was rolled out and um, distributed, like, and then the disco, and it caused... Uh, you mean under Nixon? I mean, uh, I under, who, under uh, no, I'm, Reagan? No, I'm saying, I don't know who was rolled up. I just okay. know that I used to, you know, used to be kind of a thing to do in my sure. time. And sure. it caused a lot of, you know, kind of a lot of grief. But it came under the guise of fun, you know. Oh, right. go do, you know, go do a line and go to a disco or go do this right. and go on vacation. Right. So right. I listened to his thing and they said that it was just another government rollout, just how they gave, you know, the penicillin gave VD to the black men coming back from the war and then yep. tested the VD on them. So okay. it just seems that now that I had the foundation of the Bible, I'm able to go back and look at all the way um, how, how the devil just, you know, he's just kills he just wants to destroy through sin right. and i look at this drug that's coming out and it doesn't look like it's any different than anything that's gone happened in the past right and we want to be delusioned i mean like what you're saying wake up to what's happening with our digital system right. um all this is happening and i just i also see myself getting weary and going okay it hasn't happened yet it has but i know that i go to the bank and they're like you know what do you what do you 
what do you want the money for? I'm like, it's not. I know. Isn't that wild? I, I knew you were going to say weird. that. Isn't that wild? They're going to, this is your money. <laughs> it's your right. money. And they're asking you, what do you want to do with it? Right. Isn't and that so wild? I, I, I mean, I, I mean, just, isn't that what, this is what Aldous Huxley's Brave New World is about. This is 1984. They feel like they can ask you. What you wanted, you know, there was a time when that was against banking policy. Well, the same thing when it was against you to uh, the, anyone to ask what your, you know, status vaccine was for the, you know, the medical agree. industry. I agree. So anyway, just wanted to uh, make that correlation. And then I'm really enjoying the tassel um, sermons and I just love it. And having the foundation of God in, the, in my life has just been so so peaceful and also that how you talked about mk ultra a couple of sundays ago and yep, how yep, we're all yep. mk ultra so here i'm going yep. thinking everyone else is mk ultra and i've been mk ultra so thank you and listen we're all going to be mk ultra one way or the other and because this is um lisa this is the warfare there is no like in a war you are either persuaded by one uh, military authoritative authoritative structure or the other either we're going to be servants of God and therefore brainwashed by the word of God so that our orientation is towards truth and and the exaltation of redemption in Christ or we're going to be brainwashed the other way this is what Jesus says he makes it clear you know we are either slaves slaves of sin and that's this world system which is going crazy or slaves of righteousness now that is going to be where you know you new babies and a lot of you guys are new babies are going to have to continue working on you know, building your sort of core muscles so that you can endure some of the tremors, some of the trials that come um, before the big one comes. Just have to, just have to build up. Not going to always have, <clears throat> you know, victories and wins. That's part of battle. I mean, that's the ugly part of battle. But um, if we continue to stay grounded, make the parallels between um, what we went through in uh, in years past, particularly walking in darkness and see their revamp, see their remix today, because the enemy's always just remixing the same stuff, like you said. Drugs has been big, a big part of this. This is Revelation 18. This is part of the Babylonian system, the horse system. Pharmaceuticals have always been part of the disorientation uh, program of the enemy to unhinge people from reality, because reality will more incline you to needing and seeing God then staying high and altered in your mind by some kind of frivolous patterns of lifestyle that are that are delusional in orientation. Uh, people don't want to wake up, but but we have to stay awake and be ready for anyone who does. So we'll see victories in that regard. We just all have to be patient with ourselves and be patient with others and at the same time not compromise. So thank you for that call, my dear sister. Thank you for that call. Stay awake. God is good. Uh, they need us to be aware. I'm trying to figure out what happened to that brother who was flying that F-35 out in South Carolina. I, here you are. You're, you're working for the military. You, you have one of the most valuable fighter jets ever made by American hands, probably Chinese hands too. Who knows? We are so given to uh, mixing stuff up. War is a racket as well. But you have one of the most fabulous fighter jets on the planet in f-35 that an amazing entity and you eject 
And then guess what? It's on Twitter and Facebook. Hey, you guys, we're looking for a plane. It happens to be an F-35 flying somewhere around South Carolina. If this is not dystopian, I don't know what is. I read this earlier today, and then I heard it on the commercial here um, on, on Lifeline today that they found it. it. It happened to land it and, I guess, crashed in some field out in South Carolina. Can you imagine that, looking up in the sky, seeing an F-35 flying by at 800 miles an hour, Zoom, almost, you know, mock speed, sonic boom speed, and nobody's in the thing. That tells me, that, that tells me a bunch of things, but, but it's one thing that I'm going to just kind of put out there as we're thinking about this. This kind of stuff is not supposed to happen. I definitely want to find out what that boy was experiencing, our female, whoever it was, that ejected out of the plane. What made them, what made them jump? What made them su subject that valuable piece of military weaponry to possibly become a massive catastrophic event of unknown proportion in South Carolina for the remainder of the history of the American uh, society? I mean, it could have been a horrible outcome, um, unless, of course, our military as it often is, engaging in even more psyops with the American people so that it instituted a fear rooted in instability, but there was no significant outcome. That's what's going on across this fifth generation warfare that many of us are going through here in America. Please believe me. It's the Monday edition of Lifeline. Got to take a break. When I come back, I'll pick up with Dan. Three lines open. We've got two segments to go. Give me a call. one 367 one Remember, the simple believe everything, but the prudent look well to their going. I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. All right, the time is 6.35 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's see here. Let's go to line number four and talk with Dan. And uh, you guys can give me a call if you want to, one 367 5329 Dan, are you there? Hey, Pastor Jesse, I want to check with you on anything so my understanding would be clear. Sure. Um, so I was visiting Sunday, and I heard a pastor give a sermon about where he was talking about responsible, trustworthy, and faithful. But he was speaking in reference to Daniel and said because Daniel kept the law, um, uh, the, the lions didn't eat him. But I was crediting God with protecting Daniel, as he was too. He said that God protected him, made the lions not be hungry. But then the way he applied it was, if people notice that we are responsible, trustworthy, and faithful, then we would have an open door to talk to people about Jesus Christ. And I thought, they're going to see that I'm my defects. I know that I'm not always responsible, trustworthy, and faithful. And I credit God with that. I credit God with opening the tomb and resurrecting Jesus Christ. And Jesus rose from the dead himself. He raised his own self. He said he would. Uh, 
he brought Daniel out of that den alive. And then, but but, what is it that disturbed me about that sermon? I'm not clear on why I felt so uncomfortable listening to it. That's because the pastor, if you're um, if you're sharing that portion of what he said with me is accurate, it's because he didn't preach the gospel. All right, so people who know the gospel um, and know it well, a lot of people don't know the gospel well, and so they can't tell when they're not hearing the gospel. And, and, and a believer who really understands the gospel understands that there really should be no time in which we are boasting in our own words. Um, and so the fundamental failure of this brother was to stay stuck in the Old Testament and not consummate that Old Testament foreshadowing in its New Testament reality. He's probably coming from Daniel 6. Daniel 6 was the first sermon I preached as an elder many, many decades ago, and God had already given me grace because I was part of a Reformed community, so my hermeneutic is always Christocentric. When you hear the preaching that we do at Grace, we know that from Genesis to Revelation, the book is about Jesus. Him coming in the volume of the book is Christocentric and Christotelic. What that means is, as Revelation chapter 19.10 puts it, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And when the believer is not hearing the spirit of prophecy, they're not hearing the triumphant Lord Jesus as the grounds of their righteousness, the grounds of their glory, and the grounds of their joy, the grounds of their obedience, the grounds of their faith, the grounds of their recovery. And when you look at Daniel 6, the superlatives in Daniel 6 about him being righteous, about him being faultless, about him being blameless, can only be true in its ultimate sense as Daniel is a type and pattern of him who was to come. Jesus said in John 5, 39, you are searching the scriptures. That was the indicative. But in them, you think you have eternal life. That's the fact of works, righteous, oriented men and women. But they are they which testify of me. The Jews today have rejected the righteousness of God and have gone about to establish their own righteousness and therefore are working against the gospel because they have rejected that righteousness which has accomplished all the things that Daniel chapter 6 is affirming. Daniel was a type of Christ at the highest level, second to the king, as he was when he came here, higher than everyone but his father. And Daniel was cast into the lion's den because of his obedience to God, and so Christ was cast into the lion's den as well, the lion's den of hell. But Jesus didn't have the privilege that Daniel did. The way I taught it was that Daniel is a foreshadow of Christ, but he was not the Christ. So the father shut the mouths of the lions in Daniel's day, but he didn't shut them on Jesus. In Jesus' life, when he hung on the cross, according to Daniel 22, I mean, uh, Psalm 22, the lions were all around him, dogs of Bashan, the, the, the animals, the wild beasts devoured our Savior because he was the only righteous one on this planet. And as you said, he bore the wrath of God for our sins, died under the cursed he swallowed up death in his sacrifice. He rose again on the third day, absolutely perfect, because in him was no sin. He did no sin, knew no sin. As uh, Pilate put it, I find no fault with him. 
Of course, if we were to look deeper into Daniel's life, we would have found fault because Daniel's own great, great, great granddaddy, Solomon, would have said, there's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. David made it very plain. We come from the womb speaking lies. All of us are flawed so that the only righteousness that God really looks at that will clothe the mouth of any devil, demon, or lion, any kind of authority or power is the righteousness of Christ. Our comfort must never be in our obedience because our obedience is never perfect. Our best works are filthy, mistress rags. Now, what I'm doing with you is preaching the gospel of the exaltation of the one who alone knew no sin, did no sin. In him was no sin at all. No one could convince him of sin. He lived a righteous life, died a righteous death, buried in a righteous grave, rose again righteously on the third day with all power and authority in his hand. And the righteousness of Christ for every believer is the true shield of faith. We must never put any confidence in our works. If we do, we are deluded. And the enemy will have every right to consume us if we do that. That's what you didn't like about that. Uh, no pun intended, Daniel, whose name uh, literally means he who is judge. You, you, you noticed something was missing. And what was missing was the exaltation of the person and work. Of, and that is a tragedy in most preaching that takes place today. Did that make some sense to you? Thank you. I, I feel strangely comforted by what you said. So That's because you're a sinner saved by grace. And sinners love the gospel of the only righteous person in this world. That's Our consciousness is salved by the reality that Christ died for our sins. And that is the only boasting that we ultimately can render and we know that as much as men might might laud our good works, and we know that those are things that we are called to, that if God weighed us in the balance, as the psalmist puts it, Lord, if you were to judge us, no man standing would be without fault. And, and so our joy is not in our obedience. Our joy is in his obedience. We will strive to be obedient, but our joy is in his obedience. Obedience. So I thank you for that very good exhortation. That's a great way to uh, start our uh, our um, sort of landing this plane, if you will, on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Uh, and 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 isn't it tragic, you guys, that we are living in a time not only where our government has abandoned the Word of God, but it has too abandoned the gospel and uh, the banner. Uh, that is now proliferating everywhere in the West is a rainbow banner, which completely rejects the biblical model of divine hierarchy, starting with the patriarchal family. And uh, we have now succumbed to the perversion of destroying fathers from the home and, uh, and, 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 and even destroying the mother. Because to the degree that you ignorant women buy into transgenderism, a man becoming a woman because they say so, you're destroying yourself. You have lost a sense of dignity because you have lost a sense of your essence in ontology being rooted in the true and the living God. 
Now, we know that our men have been completely emasculated and removed from the equation for the last 30 or 40 years. African-American community is rife with fatherless homes, and therefore our young men are angry because they don't have models, nor do they have boundaries and parameters. And our women have helped with that by arrogating to themselves a kind of prideful position of what we call the modern woman. Your modern woman mentality is the arrogant woman who thinks that she can uh, behave any kind of way she wants to, and it's totally all right. Having no sense of knowing that she was ordained to submit to the man and to work with him and to, uh, to support his righteous behavior. Not bad behavior, but righteous behavior. There's no other purpose for the existence of a woman but to submit to a man. Now, if you're not married, then your submission is to Christ, as is the case for all of us, but you should be submissive. But in these last 40, 50 years that I've been around, we have seen the utter devastation of the male-female relationship, <clears throat> and the children have been left as orphans to be mutilated and destroyed. That's where I am in my generation, and our churches have not been helpful in that regard. We got to take a hard break. When I come back, I'll close out with some commentary. Unless you, I do have one call. I'll talk. I'll take audio when we come back from the break. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are back. Ten minutes to go. Let's go to line number one. Talk with Adi in Sacramento. Adi, are you there? Hi, Pastor Jesse. How are you? I'm good. What's going on, young lady? So, as I said in my prayer last week, I got a new job and I'm working at this school, and it's honestly exactly what I pray for. But one of the things that I've been kind of weary of and fearful of is keeping myself from compromising because I'd be lying to say there aren't times where it's like, okay, I rather not say certain things in a sense of my own sinful flesh of in a sense of protection but i also want the lord to be pleased with what i do so how do i keep myself from compromising in those areas when i should know to say something and shouldn't because i've talked to certain people about it and they've said like just conduct myself as a christian and there'll be an open door like our but at the same time how would that be an open door like you said i do fall short and i know they're they're gonna catch me in a moment of me being a sinner. So how do I keep myself from compromise, but also still conduct myself as a Christian as well? Well, well those, are, those are two different things. So um, when the question is, um, how do I keep myself from compromise? That is in the context of whether or not a proposition is uh, issued in conversation or discussion that you know would be questionable biblically and that you would either be um, complicit with it by affirming it, um, or you would you would be um, complicit with it um, internally. You may not you may not overtly agree with it, but internally you might find yourself inclining to want to believe that or in agree with that. That that's a challenge for everybody. I said, there's nothing you can do about that. There's a possibility that those things could yeah. occur. Uh, but that's just the way that it is. Uh, you, you, you step back and say, okay, I, I, I should not be affirming this in a passive way, shouldn't be affirming it in an active way. So Lord, help me have a strategy by which I can, um, uh, you know, take a position against it in the mildest, most non-harmful way 
that possibly can occur. So I'm, I'm starting with something. It is definitely a disposition of, uh, of presentation that we want to have. Let's say we're dealing with something as controversial as homosexuality or transgenderism. Right. Um, <clears throat> we we don't have to be uh, uncomfortable or um, or um, agitated by being in the presence of a homosexual or a trans person. That that should not make us uncomfortable. We should be able to see their humanity and recognize right. them as a person and embrace them fully in their personhood. That I mean, that should give you the freedom and dexterity, a movement of being just who you are as Adi in that regard. And, and if they're smart, because, you know, all homosexuals are not political, leftist, rabid, postmodern advocates. They're not. A lot of them are living the ambiguity of cultural, uh, you know, tyranny. They're often vacillating themselves. They are often struggling themselves with who they are and why they are presenting the way they are. You know that. They can be in as big of an internal conflict on their part as you would be, and, and we would only know that if we, if we, you know, gave time to be able to talk with them. And then when we begin to talk about very important matters, a, a second reality that you want to be able to embrace besides being able to kind of target the person, target the soul, target the individual behind the phenotypical expression of their. Um, stated uh, gender, uh, we want to kind of look for uh, that part of their conversation or their di that dialogue that would establish common grounds upon which we can agree. If the dialogue is embracing, you know, a desire to work, a desire to make a living, a desire to be loved, a desire to, you know, um, be purposeful in life, we can talk about all those things and they should be engaged in without any sense of, you know, am I compromising because I'm not calling them on the carpet for what they're doing. No, you're not. You're you're simply waiting for that conversation to occur. Thirdly, which is right. really important here. Thirdly, which is really important here. Um, the way we wait for that conversation to emerge would be the same way we would wait for them to want to ask us about our Christianity. In other words, there was a time when Christianity was the most odd, awkward uh, uh, characteristic or presentation that a person had that would be in the community of a bunch of uh, secular people who are not Christian. The Christian would have to, you know, kind of just wait for someone to ask them about what do you believe and how do you see the world and where you are, at, where are you at with God? And we would just simply kind of wait because we're as a rule outnumbered. You, you already know that. And so what I'm saying is in a lot of ways, they are in the same position. We are at the uh, minority level and, and they are not in an advantage on a psychological level. You would be, as a matter of fact, being black, being female, being Christian, you would actually have, qualities in that cadre of, of characteristics that will position you to be both sympathetic and strong enough to uh, let them know if the opportunity was given that I hold a traditional position of, of, of believing the word of God and trusting Christ as my savior. And as a sinner, 
Uh, I know that I bear the Imago Dei just like you do, and I need him as a savior. Uh, and and that's that's the stance upon which which I stand. And and if they wanted to broaden that conversation, then we're broadening the conversation on the spiritual level with which we have the most commonality between them and us. If they wanted to talk about, so how do you understand transgenderism, homosexuality, et cetera, then you want to begin to frame that conversation, uh, um, Adi, in a way in which it would be an objective dialogue that will allow them to hear that you are not on some kind of crusade to condemn them as much as you are merely uh, holding a position of of uh, of trusting Christ as Savior and being willing to pre- uh, communicate to them biblical truth around who Jesus is and then how Jesus would speak to how they present themselves. In other words, what we are really trying to do is wait for that conversation to put us on level ground where we can talk to them about Christ because what we have in common, what our true intersection is, is our sinfulness. I mean, because see, it's all a, it's all about overcoming the potential to be distracted by something else, if that makes some sense. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's all about trying to make sure that as we negotiate, like I know what you're dealing with. That's why we're praying for you. I already know. Um uh, and by the way, I got about a minute or so to go. Don't be afraid or concerned about them seeing your flaws. That's completely irrelevant. That's why that's why we wear the helmet of salvation. So our head doesn't get jacked up by our own weaknesses. And this is why we wear the breastplate of righteousness, as I was stating to my brother earlier, because our confidence in how we are so righteous, but how he is so righteous. So yes, they should see weaknesses and flaws in you, and that will give every ground for you to talk about the uh, lack of weaknesses and lack of flaws in, in your Savior. And, and, and that will appeal. Even if they don't agree, that, that will appeal. So ask the Lord to give you that balance, because he can, and for you to remain confident in him, and he can give you that. And don't be afraid to make a mistake around anyone because that mistake was paid for also. All right, young lady, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. You know how we do it at Grace. Anyhow, this is the Monday edition of Lifeline Bible Study at Grace Bible Church tomorrow night, 630. We're dealing with 1 Corinthians 11. Until then, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. In Jesus' name. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.